Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Gumption podcast. Conversations with entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and in my opinion, just really, really impressive people. We're rolling in episode 30 today, which is kind of ironic, actually. The timing is is pretty close to uh, my 30th birthday, back on St. Patrick's Day. So, uh, celebrated with an awesome, uh, birthday gift with my wife and, uh, it was a fantastic day. Uh, it missed all the COVID-19 coronavirus stuff going out there. Let's just, let's just say, uh, the plans, uh, were changed a little bit, but I digress as I do with all my episodes here on the Stories of Gumption podcast. This episode is brought to you by a few sponsors. The first sponsor is Sparkle Clean. You've heard of them before if you've listened to any of the other podcasts recently. Sparkle Clean provides professional and economic cleaning solutions to both residential and commercial structures. They specialize in window cleaning, floor care, carpet extraction, and they also do auto and boat detailing. As we face the coronavirus here, consider a cleaning team that is certified. Yes, that's right. I said certified to guarantee that 99.99999% that's five nines after the decimal point 99.99999% of contagions have been removed from the surface that's incredible they're certified give them a call for a free estimate they're at 518-578-2931 you can also find them on facebook instagram or linkedin that's Sparkle Clean, S P A R K I L K L E E N. That's Zach and Kate Hoy, everybody, from Sparkle Clean. We're also brought to you by Home Heavens Designs. Home Heavens Designs seeks to help take the stress out of selling, renting, organizing, and designing your home. They can give you tips on how to stage, organize, sell, or rent your home quickly. They'll, give, they'll even give you help writing an online advertisement on sites like Zillow or Airbnb and other uh, online platforms for your home. Take the stress out of the process of organizing and preparing your home for whatever you have in store. If you're not selling your home, that's okay too. Home Heavens Designs is here to help you organize, design, and create a beautiful home that's a reflection of you. That's right, you. That can still provide you with great tips and tricks that will help you increase the value of your home by making tiny changes that cost very little. You can check them out and visit them on Instagram. They're at Home Heavens Designs. That's at symbol H O M E H E V A N S Designs. Or you can give them a call at 518 593 5416. We're also brought to you by Alexander Edwards and Company, CPAs PC. Love these guys. They're located at 47 Dock Street in Plattsburgh. Alexander Edwards and Company has been providing common sense solutions to the North Country businesses, real life accounting, and tax problems since 1920. Yeah, 1920. Think about that. That's 100 years ago. They know what they're doing. Bring them your problems. They provide solutions. Alexander Edwards and Company is a full-service public accounting firm engaged in tax preparation, bookkeeping, audits, estate planning, financial planning, and management consultation. You can give them a call at 518-563-1600 or find them on the web. Today's episode is a really good one. Uh, We talk about social anxiety, and uh, this is a big one. This is a big one for a lot of people. Uh, I I, I think uh, anybody who's 
uh, being honest with themselves, is going to admit that they've experienced social anxiety. Well, today's guest uh, certainly had a lot of social anxiety at one point in her life. She talks about it. She comes very uh, clean with it. And uh, now she owns it. And to be perfectly honest with you, she conquers it. And uh, she's also a Star Wars fan, which I learned at the very end of this episode. But it's awesome. Enjoy this episode, Stories of Gumption Podcast. Gumption, defined as initiative, aggressiveness, resourcefulness, courage, spunk, guts, common sense, and shrewdness. Welcome to the podcast. This is Stories of Gumption with your host, Ryan Lee. All right, folks. Welcome to another episode of Stories of Gumption. Today, I am with Ellie Conger. She's a licensed real estate agent for Kavanaugh Realty. She is a housing housing counselor for the Friends of the North Country. She's also a board member on the Adirondack Young Professionals. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. <laughs> it's uh, really awesome to have you here because uh, I know we've crossed paths quite a bit over the last few years, like through ADKYP and a few things, but to really just get the opportunity to sit down with you and talk, I'm excited about it. Oh, I'm, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I, uh, I'm trying to, I do this with a lot of my guests, but I'm trying to remember where we first met. Do you remember? I'm trying to think, it's probably ADKYP. I I feel like a lot of young people in this area I've met through ADKYP, but I'm, I'm trying to piece that together. Um, it was ADKYP or ETS. I'm pretty sure it was ADKYP. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. I met a lot of young people through ETS too. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, you're you're uh, part of the Kavanaugh team. I am. Yeah. I see. I see. I see you, and I think Ellie from Kavanaugh. Like <laughs> it's a brand already. And how long have you been doing that? Um, about a year now. Wow. Yep. That's impressive. Your whole team does a very good job with with branding. Oh and, yeah. And. I think Galen uh, has taken it to the nth degree. Like he loves everything he does, and it shows. And I think that helps with the brand too. Yeah, he is. Sure. He is just brimming with passion for it, and it it spills onto the employees <laughs> or uh, <laughs> uh, coworkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, how did you first meet Galen Trombley over at Kavanaugh? So um, I had been working at Friends for a couple of years, and and I I love what I do there. Um, I I love all my coworkers there, um, and it's extremely rewarding. However, it doesn't, you know, it's it's a nonprofit, so it, the pay isn't great. Um, I've been there. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. When I was with the Boy Scouts, I loved that job. I love like you have you have good days, you have bad days, but then. Uh, you know, that Friday night comes or something and you just want to go do something for yourself or yep. you and your spouse or yep. your friends. And you're just kind of like, shoot, I don't, I don't have, <laughs> I have any, no money. I, I, I don't have any money. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and, and not to, um, you know, put friends down at all. Like my executive director has bent over backwards, um, trying to, um, pay me for, for the work that I do. She, she is giving me more than enough raises for me being there for three years, but, That's awesome. um, I, I just, I needed more income and I figured real estate would be a good place to go considering I'm already a housing professional. Um, and also I have 
family members. I have an aunt who sells real estate in San Diego, California. And I'm like, well, she can do it. Maybe I can do it. Yeah. Um, so I asked Brittany if she knew any real estate agents in the area. Um, and her response was, yeah, uh, I have an appointment for you with Galen at three tomorrow at, at the <laughs> station. And I was like, uh, who, what? Okay. <laughs> and so I met Galen, um, and it turned out to kind of be a job interview, I guess, but it went very well. And then I purchased my real estate class. The next Did you day. know it was going to be a job interview? I, I thought I was just going to, I just wanted to know what real estate was like in the area, what he, whether, yeah. you know, I just wanted to know what the day in the life was like. And it kind of turned into him being like, so why do you, what are you interested in real estate? Like just kind wow. of, yeah, it was awesome though. Wow. And I mean, since the last couple of years, I feel like I've seen the Kavanaugh team grow quite a bit, oh, yeah. but, uh, not to say that you were one of the first, but like I feel like as I've watched this recent progression and growth of Kavanaugh or this reemergence of Kavanaugh, because obviously Joey Trombley had a, a huge growth as he was coming yeah, up and, yeah. and do it. But like the recent uh, almost rebrand and recent, I think of you as like one of the first additions. I, I think I was the first young person that first they, young that addition they, uh, yeah because they took on some some uh, agents who'd been with other agencies mm. who've been around for a while um but i think i was i was galen's first i don't want to say prodigy but he, i was his yeah. prototype yeah <laughs> i was like you're the, first the test person. yeah i was the test subject you're the pilot kind of like, okay yeah. so i can't can mentor someone and, he, and you know he uses that word a lot but it, it's very important to find a mentor in real estate and i'm grateful that um i have one in galen you know i can message him at 10 30 at night and be like uh i'm not positive about putting this on a contract and like, Oh no, I'll do this instead. And just (laughs) (laughs) any, any (laughs) time Galen's there with an answer. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. I, I, uh, I reflect on the time. I think I shared this in the podcast that he was on. I don't remember which episode he was on for this, but, uh, I knew Galen before I knew Galen. Like (laughs) I, I, uh, I was doing this thing, Shazy music theater. And, uh, we, we, Basically, he was the the guy on stage doing all the the set movement stuff, and then I was down in the orchestra pit, and then, uh, anyhow, we <laughs> we like knew each other a, a little bit, but not well. And then later on, years down the road, our wives uh, get together for dinner and bring us along, and we're like, oh, hey, I think I know you. <laughs> it was like, and ever since he and I have hit it off for sure, and um, I've really appreciated his friendship. I can only imagine he's an awesome mentor. He is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it means a lot when the person is genuinely passionate about what they do Mm -hmm. and like the motives are right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he wholeheartedly believes, uh, you know, the saying a rising tide lifts all ships and he, and he stands by that. And it's not a, if if I, if you have more, I have less kind of mentality. It's if you have more than I have more. And and he just leads by that. And it's, it's true. And and you, you can see um, his passion is contagious. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> it's the stories of gumption podcast. So I have to ask you, what does gumption mean to Ellie? This is the, the one, um, <laughs> question that I didn't prepare myself for. <laughs> so <laughs> when <fine>. I, <laughs> when I hear the word gumption, um, I think of, um, like a more old timey kind of word, like, yes. like a, uh, Tom Sawyer kind of like, like just yes. going after it and can't be, can't be kicked down and, and just keeps like springing back from it. And, um, so I guess that's, that's what it means to me. Just, you know, someone w- with energy and who, who can't be stopped from what they're going to do. I love that. 
I love that because as we were talking about what your possible short story of gumption is to share, I think that definition is fitting. <laughs> Maybe. I don't we'll know about the energy part. <laughs> well, we'll see. But let's let's rewind the tape here a little bit. So tell the listeners a little bit uh, uh, who Ellie is, where you grew up, and uh, where it started, and, and we'll go from there. Uh, so I was born in, just outside of Memphis, Tennessee, in Oakland. Um, I grew, grew up on a seven-acre llama farm. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. So the, the llamas, it was not a, um, an income-based llama farm. The, the llamas were adoptees. Um, someone was moving and getting rid of their llamas, and my mother took pity on them because she just, she's just the Mother Teresa of creatures. Just, wow. I, How I've, many llamas do you think? Do you, um, do you know? Oh, God, I don't remember. Are we talking like five? Or are we talking like a dozen? 15? Maybe. Wow. Because um, wow. they would have babies, and yep. um, and then we we'd have more llamas. Um, they unfortunately we eventually got rid of the males, um, and then they just kind of died of old age. The remainder, mm. but um, always makes me think of the movie Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> Did you ever see that? Yeah. I'm sorry, I digress. <laughs> no, it's, no, llama it's totally face. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, llamas are dicks. Are they? <laughs> they're, they're so mean. Alpacas are cute. Llamas are less fluffy. Oh, they're really? much bigger, and they spit on you all the time. That's a thing. Oh yeah. I've been spit in I've the heard face of that, but <laughs> so many times when I'm feeding them. Like, I'm doing a nice thing for them, <laughs> and they'll just spit in my face. I'm like, ah, food, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's always like a mouthful of grain and just llamas are dicks. Yep. So this is your, this is the start. <laughs> okay, the start. so you're on a, a, in Tennessee on a llama farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hobby llama farm. Um, my mom was a pilot for FedEx. She still is. Um, at the time, I think she flew DC-10s. Um, and my dad was a stay at home dad, Mr. Mom, um, Mr. Mom, Mr. Mom. And, um, she would, I think for the majority of my childhood, take these, uh, the Brazil trip cause it was, she'd be gone. She'd leave Monday, come back Wednesday, and then she'd be home for the majority of the week with us. And okay. so, um, Memphis was, and still is, I, I imagine, and not a very safe area. Um, mm. We lived in the countryside, but it was kind of overlapping, and, and the schools were very dangerous. There were a lot of gang-related things, um, so we were homeschooled, um, my little brother and I. My mom, on top of um, being the breadwinner, homeschooled us um, and did a, a very thorough job of it for, for quite a while. Um, I've it. always wondered. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, but no, you're I, fine. I've always, I've always wondered what it's like having a family member or even a parent uh, that's a pilot. That, that lifestyle must be crazy. It, it is. She, um, I, I honestly don't know. Like you talk about gumption, my mom is just the picture of gumption. She's, she's also a veteran. Um, oh wow. She. This is a story that I didn't find out until recently. She initially enlisted in the Air Force and went through boot camp and was kicked out under the false claim that she had slept with a superior. Oh, my and God. And the day after she got kicked out, um, obviously, this is, she you know got in right as women were allowed to start being pilots and stuff. So she was mm-hmm. feeling very down at a bar, having a drink, and she hears this guy across the bar saying, oh, yeah, it's so awesome. Um, this pilot slot just opened up, and, and 
it turned out his dad was was the head of I don't know the correct military yeah. terms, but he was. It was it seemed very clear that that my mom had been kicked out so this guy's son could have a spot, and, and instead wow. of being bitter and angry and going you know what like screw this system I'm not she just said okay and then she enlisted in the Navy and um, flew C-130s for the Navy. Wow. And that's how she met my dad. Um, my dad was in the Coast Guard in Hawaii. She was in the Navy in Hawaii. They met at church, um, and my mom proposed to my dad. Um, she she nice. said, do you want to get married? And he said, uh, okay. And she said, how about Wednesday? Um, <laughs> and then, so they got married and then she, um, left on a trip that was supposed to take three days and she was gone for three weeks in an era with no cell phones. So my dad just kind of thought that she disappeared and, and he got all her postcards after she came back home. That's wild. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just, just the, the coolest character and I'm constantly finding new things out about her. Oh my gosh. Um, What's her name? Carol. 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 She wow. hates the name, but I, I like it. Wow. Yeah. She sounds very gumptious to me. She is. She's just the wildest creature I've ever <laughs> met. Just I don't know how she does it. And what is she what does she do today? Um, she flies triple sevens. She still is a pilot. Yes. So um we were kind of discussing earlier, she just left China. Um and she's on her way home now, I think from Japan. Um and <laughs> I have begged her to just retire now because she's in her 60s and it's she oh can retire gosh. now but she's like no i'm just gonna go a little bit longer <laughs> meanwhile there's like a global pandemic, pandemic with yeah. the coronavirus <laughs> she's like i was on. fine i had the chicken pox for one day this will be nothing <laughs> man holy smokes <laughs> keeps going she sounds like the super woman that could like just totally conquer this whole thing anyway though <laughs> oh absolutely she'll just have the cure to it or something somehow yeah <laughs> wow that's yeah. awesome yeah so you came from uh you came from good roots sounds like yeah uh, absolutely. so you you were in uh memphis and then at some point you came to new york where did that come from so um i'm not sure exactly what sparked it um i think part of it was memphis was was encroaching on oakland which is the town we were living in so it was Mm. becoming less country getting a little more um dangerous and my mom's family is originally from up here um but they're the kinneys unfortunately we're not on the right side of the family um (laughs) but they're from governor and and like like og kinneys on on my mom's mom's side um and I actually looked up the, her maiden name is Schwanky, and I, I looked up, and there are still some Schwankies up in the area. Um, so we moved up to be closer to family, and it started out, uh, they bought a farm on Black Lake and okay. um, near Ogdensburg, and it started yep. out as a, like, the, oh, it's just going to be a summer home, and it was this <laughs> just rotted 1800s, you know, home, I think it was built, like, 1840, and uh not in good condition, like holes through the floors to the basement. There was dog poop under the carpets. Just had had suffered severe neglect for decades. Um, So at first, I think the biggest reason we didn't spend the winters there is because it couldn't, like, go through a winter, really, or support a winter. Um, But they've been slowly working on it. It's really in great condition now. But anyway, so we moved up here. Wow. Um, for a couple of years, maintained the homeschooling. But at that point, my mom was training for, I don't think it was a triple seven yet. Maybe it was training for another plane wow. and, and kind of started having my brother and I fuel our own schooling. She would give us what we needed to do and have us do it. Um, I was 
12 or 13 at the time, and I did not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, because, no. no. Oh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, Ma, I'll I'll do this. Yeah. Classic. (laughs) So it, it, um, that's when public school kind of came into the um, equation. We ended up going to Canton, and um, that's... Where your story of gumption sort of begins. My story begins. The gumption side, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. It sounds like that would be really hard. And I think full transparency, I should put this out there, that when you told me you were homeschooled and you had a a fear about that and, like, social connectivity and all that, like, never would have guessed. Never, ever would have guessed that. Like, uh, like you telling me that was a complete surprise to me and as I told you before the podcast like seriously I would have guessed that I was actually more socially awkward than you <laughs> well, that honestly is like really rewarding to hear because I, I constantly like I'm hypercritical of of um, my behavior and things I say because I'm, I'm constantly worried I, I was admittedly very like very strange as I was telling you earlier I, I grew up largely just around adults mm-hmm. um, so I just didn't really know how to interact with peers. My mom has lots of like what she thinks are cute stories of me saying things to adults or or other kids that I imagined to the adults and kids were like, what the heck? Just like not childlike things. And just because I, you know, when I was, (laughs) I was obsessed with the American Revolution as a kid. I I had read all of Thomas Paine's Common Sense and I could recite the first chapter. And we went to like some revolutionary thing in in New England when I was like eight and and there was a Thomas Paine actor. And he, he was like reciting something and I corrected him and then started reading off of it. And it's just like, I can't imagine the, the <laughs> horror of, of having this, like, like what's wrong with this kid, this eight-year-old? He's like, no, that's not the right terminology. That's not what he said. Holy um, smokes. So, yeah, it was just very um, unique, I guess. And, and my, an interesting thing about how different siblings are is my brother did not have a difficult time adjusting at all. Um, he, you know, there, there are opportunities when you're homeschooled to like have peer friends. Um, we're part of a group called homeschool hillbillies in 4-H when we first moved up here. Um, which was mostly a group of other strange children, but um, my brother <laughs> seemed to find a way to like, to, to just be out there and be outgoing and get along with other kids. Um, and, and for me, it was just very difficult. I was very bookish um and not in like the cute nerdy way just in the like I, I mean I would sleep with books just like I'd fall asleep on them and and yeah I just was not um super social and, and being around other people made me very anxious because I wanted to have friends but I didn't really know how to create them um so it was a um it was very stressful at first the first couple of years people didn't really know who I was um and as I was telling you before, that I didn't have a terrible experience as far as bullies or anything. Canton was a pretty good school, and I did have um, a couple of kids who were popular and who went out of their way to try and um, and nurture me a little bit. And like mm. say, like I I also remember this girl teaching me even how to wash my hair. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but um, I just had never really been taught how and it's not that my mom's like a grubby person it just I, I imagine yeah. amidst all the other things she was doing in her life it just like certain things my mom's a, very much a tomboy so I, I didn't know anything about makeup um and I didn't know things about like feminine hygiene and and so I had like these high schoolers who are like no like this is how you do this this is how you should like brush your hair this is how often you should wash wow. it and um it, it's not I don't think it's quite as 
pathetic as it sounds, but it was very like I was just totally brought into a new culture. Um, wow. And when, what like age or what grade was this when all of a sudden you go from homeschool to, okay, the 15. cold, dark world of public school. Here you go. Oh, welcome. Give it a go. Like, how old are you? I was 15. Um, so it was sophomore year. Wow. And um, the only Holy class smokes. that I did really well in was English because that's the only – I read a lot of books. So like, and my, my mom would always have us, like, diagram sentences, which is the only thing I yeah. enjoyed doing. So yeah. um, I was very good at that class, and I was horrid at math and science because those are the two things that my mom kind of – naturally didn't excel in herself and I think after a certain point when you're being homeschooled um the parents abilities do kind of affect the knowledge that's taught um mm. and so Bill and I wasn't cutting it <laughs> yeah anymore. yeah uh, yeah I um I, I told you before that I actually trained and got certified to be a science teacher and one of those things that I had to do while I was still in school was student teach yeah. obviously and so I remember student teaching uh at Lisbon no way. Yes. Yeah. Lisbon Central School. And I'd make that little commute every day from St. Lawrence. And uh, I taught in uh, a ninth grade biology regents class and then like a 10th, 11th grade chemistry class. And I remember there was a, a student that was homeschooled that had just joined that year. And I remember uh, coming full frontal to with the reality that like, at least in my limited bubble at the time, that like, man, it must be really difficult for anyone who's homeschooled to like stay up with the science stuff. Like, yeah. like I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I remember this student really struggled with science. Yeah. And I feel like that's just a subject area too that like unless you have a background in it, like how the heck are you going to teach yeah. that? It's changing every single day. Absolutely. And I, I, I'm not – anti-homeschooling like me either yeah if I have the time when I have kids I would not mind um homeschooling them through like the elementary ages and I would socialize them but um I do think that unless you can afford to have someone who has the, the the right knowledge, it's I and I'm it's probably very different now too with like online stuff oh yeah um, sure we had just started dipping our toe in online classes when I started um started public school but I do think and again this is nothing against my mother who's you know phenomenal and and broke her back to to provide you know the opportunities for us that that we had but um I do think that probably after about fifth or sixth grade um the math and the science level I was very behind on um and again my brother did great getting into it he um he was a a couple grades behind me so that might have helped a little bit but also he He's much more studious than I am. Like he's mm. in nursing school right now, and he's number one in his class. He's wow. the kind of person who will just Good sit down and study. And I, I can't do it. I've tried incentivizing myself <laughs> with candy. I've tried like nothing works. I just yeah. can't. If I'm not interested, I can't do it. Um, even if I am interested, if, if the material is not presented in an interesting way. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that was probably a difficulty for my mom as well. But it was uh, uh the this education part was hard, but the socialization part was much harder. Um, and I always kind of visualized feeling like I was, <laughs> this is like really pathetic. I'd like, like the world is a puzzle and I'm a piece that just doesn't mash into like any, really? any, I just always felt like I just didn't fit, fit in. Um, and it, I always, it was just very, um, frustrating. And part of that I think is just not 
being around a lot of kids my age, just not knowing um, what normal social cues are. Like, uh, as I was telling you, the I saw a girl who I got a hair changed her hair color and I asked her if she changed her hair color and um she said yes and I just left it at that and then another girl's like uh are you not gonna tell her that it looks good and like "Uh, should I yeah (laughs) I just didn't know of course it looks good like now you uh, of course you know oh did you get a haircut it looks great like you don't just like I just didn't know that and uh, I can think of several other instances of things like that where just (laughs) like just silly little things but I mean like you know kids self-educated me and I think it was it was a healthy experience and um, college more so even, you know, and it, again, it was, it was a growth experience. I'd say probably freshman year of college, you would still know, um, that like, I would probably, you wouldn't be surprised if you knew that I was homeschooled. Wow. Um, and it's been like, I've worked very hard to like get more social and I love, I love socializing. I love meeting new people, but I do get anxious when I do it. Cause I'm constantly like, Oh, was that weird? Like, is that a, is that a, not a normal thing to say? <laughs> Man. I would never have guessed that. That's crazy. So you must have, it's a combination of just time, I'm sure, but also like you made a concerted effort to try to like let it not bother or like, I don't know how, how do you approach that? Like when you're growing up, it seems, um, seems like I, like, I guess I'm, I'm rambling, but, (laughs) but like I think of myself and I sometimes, I think it's very natural too, to admit that. So we kind of go through ups and downs of like our uh, social anxiety. I think social yeah. anxiety is a very real thing. Absolutely. And I think uh, uh, some of the most social people I know, uh, one of my best friends ever, uh, he, you would never know, but like he had, he goes through the craziest social anxiety, like over anal- analysis of yeah. everything. And, um, it can be a crutch, I think, but um, I'm just, I guess my question is how, with all that baggage of like, it's in your own head now, and you, you mentioned the puzzle piece thing, that's how you're feeling. How did you approach the whole thing? Um, <clears throat> poorly at first. <laughs> uh, so um, I started off, my dad is also, and I love him to death, and he's the most loving father, but he um, had a very rough childhood and, and has most certainly undiagnosed like raging borderline personality disorder okay um and so on that kind of influenced my emotional maturity I guess because I spent a lot of time with him as a kid so I would witness um severe fluctuations and 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 reactions and not know what was normal um and and again I'm very grateful for my experience in in kind of being forced into like public school because I began to witness like normal social interactions and reactions so at first um it was tough on me and then I I used for a while I used um I used my struggles as a crutch. Like I was like, well, Mm. I'm not going out. I'm anxious. I'm not going out. I can't get along with anybody for a while. I convinced myself that, that I, I was borderline and then, and I couldn't make any friendships. And then, um, finally saw a therapist who's like, you're, you're not borderline. You're just anxious and you need to just get over, basically get over it. And like the kindest, most therapist way possible to say that. Um, and so I, for a long time, uh, probably freshman through like junior year of college I really used um my anxiety as a crutch and and I lost friendships over it and and like my my best friend in high school um I'll like 
very openly say that our friendship ended because I was struggling to um, come of be be emotionally mature, like be act like a twenty one year old or a twenty year old, and I didn't know how. I was acting like like a borderline person, mm. and that ended our friendship. And yeah. um, I I regret that, but it's also it was a good learning experience, and it's something that now I can look back and say. If I had not been so afraid of losing people and if I did not feel like I had to pretend to be something I wasn't um, just to, like, maintain friendships, then that wouldn't have happened. And there's definitely a part of me that wishes I could go back for my whole childhood and just redo all of it, but that's not how life works. Um, And I'm, I guess mostly it was just getting over, like, we all have social anxieties and and everyone's coming from different levels. And I'm Mm. very grateful that... I had two parents that I, I always knew loved me. Um, that was never a question that I had, and not everyone has that. And I am not going to spend my whole life, like, using something, like, crippling myself, ultimately, is what it yeah. was. Like, I, like yeah. oh, no, I, I'm anxious, and I'm, I'm so, like, socially awkward, so I'm just going to be miserable forever. And just, like, that was a choice that I was making, and it was – it took a while to admit that it was a choice I was making, but it was. And once I came to that realization, I started forcing myself and it it was very hard at first. Like there are a few times I'm kind of a a little embarrassed to admit, but I would have panic attacks, like just dealing with normal social stuff and just like kind of being a bit of um, a hard ass on myself, but like get past it. Like either you get past it and you deal with it or you're going to be, like crippled forever and and not everyone I guess is able to deal with that and that's not like me being stronger than anyone else part of it is just everyone has different things to fight inside but I mostly don't have that issue anymore sometimes I still like I'm probably bright red right now just talking about it makes me anxious but (laughs) it's it's something like I don't really get anxious much anymore I really enjoy socializing with people sometimes I do get overwhelmed because I'm hyper like everything has to be perfect still mm. part of the social thing i just everything has to be perfect to be like normal in air quotes because not i've also realized now that normalcy is a very very like broad undefinable sure. thing like no one really has normalcy there, yeah there's really um honestly my wife lauren has really taught me a lot about that too is like just like the more perspective you have, the more you realize that there's there's really actually no such thing. No, as more yeah. as normal. Yeah, and that that was a, a big like thing yeah. for me too. Like, oh, like this, the, there is no normal. Like, I'm not gonna achieve. Yeah. I'm trying to achieve something that doesn't exist. I'm not gonna have this TV show like friendship. Yeah. that you see, like that doesn't exist, and and it's, um, it's I don't. That's pretty much it. And moving to Plattsburgh has helped a lot too, because as I was telling you earlier, um, I've always felt a little like not like I belong and and even you know I started trying to put myself out there more but I still kind of felt that way but moving here for there's just something about this area um everyone here is so welcoming this is the just most wonderful community and I I really feel like I have a place here I feel like I have people who care about me and are invested in me and uh just I really feel at home here and it's it's awesome I I couldn't agree with you more our I think we're uh, Plattsburgh and the general surrounding Adirondack coast uh, region is just like super blessed to be just big enough and have just enough going on where um, there's so many new people to meet all the time. But if you get engaged and you try and 
do your part, you do community service or get involved with organizations, whatever you can, you can find out the degrees of separation between people are not very far. Like, so like it's, it's amazing. And, um, I think that builds this support network that you're experiencing and I've definitely experienced. And plus it's beautiful. Oh yeah. I mean, the, this, the winter, uh, can sometimes, bug me i love i love my winter winter sports big hockey and skiing person but um as we sit here i'm ready to hang them up and pull yeah. out the golf clubs <laughs> for sure for but sure yeah anyhow uh, i digress again but that's an incredible story because i i've said this already but like i never would have guessed that um so when you go to like a networking event now mm-hmm. or you hop on the mic for uh realty talk like uh, do you get nervous still? Oh well, yeah, I'm sweating right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I I do, I, and I think it's it's dishonest for people to say that like you get over that. I mean, it's not nearly like I mean, <laughs> I would get so nervous when I go to social stuff. Like I'd black out and be like, wow. "Oh, I said yeah. what?" Just like, and, and I I do I have ADD, so sometimes um, and I, I don't think that's like a bad thing or or a disadvantage at all, but. I, I don't filter stuff sometimes before I say it, which yeah. makes it my like anxiety even worse because then I'll say something and be like, ah, like dag nabbit, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> ah, damn um, it. I'm trying really hard to stop <laughs> swearing. That was one of my, my motives for this year because it got to the point where I was swearing when in situations with people I, I don't want to swear in front of, and that's yeah. why I'm like, I got to curb this. Yeah. So, dag yeah. nabbit's one of my new ones. Um, but it, So I do like still get a little anxious, but now it's like – not quite so much like anxious, like I want to dig myself in a hole and never come out of it anxious. It's like, ooh, I'm anxious, but I'm kind of excited anxious. Like I wonder who I'm going to meet today. I wonder what like yeah. new thing's going to go on today. So it's it's a different kind of anxiety. I feel like, I feel like uh, at least this is my own personal experience, but uh, it's taken a lot for me to get comfortable doing anything like that networking because I used to get super anxious too I feel like that's natural for anybody yeah and absolutely I like what you said when you it's fair to or I forget how you phrased it but for anyone to um say that it gets easier I don't think it does no, I think it yeah. gets harder too if you, um but uh where I was going with that is I think um it's at least for me it's like this sense of control like yeah. I want to have I want to know that I can like control my situation a little bit absolutely that makes sense you walk in and you're like oh boy uh there's six seven people here that i have never met before that i don't have control of how this conversation is going to go because i don't know those people i don't know how they're going to respond and i feel like that starts going in your head and you gotta avoid that and just go for it yeah that absolutely i've never thought about it in a control standpoint but that's 100 percent what it is and and when you're a perfectionist, especially controls even yes. more of like a, you have to have like your hands on every aspect of what's going yes. on. Um, something that I found has helped me in like having conversations with new people. And this is like going to sound super simplified, but it really has helped me. It's just like, that's a person. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're thinking, yeah. Oh, like this is a big scary monster. And yeah. who knows what's gonna, that's a person. And the worst thing possible that can happen is they don't like you and that's their problem. And that's that. And then just yeah. like that, that is another human being and they're probably just as like stressed out as you are. <laughs> so just yeah. be friendly with them and understand that 
we all have awkward interactions because like humans are just bumbling, adorable, little awkward things. And we yes. just, we just go through existence struggling to try and make sense of it all. And just like, that's a person, let them be a person. You're a person too. Just say hi to them and see what happens. <laughs> that was honestly like, just like, for me, that was almost like really poetic. Just, <laughs> like we're just bumbling human. Like it's so true. <laughs> yeah. We're a bunch of dorks, all of us. Like, I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm definitely a dork. But like, we all just have imperfections yeah. is what I'm trying to say. And uh, to think that anybody is holding, it, it's this weird, like they hold me in this regard of like, I need to be perfect. Yeah. And then you hold yourself in this regard. I need to be perfect. And then you're worried you don't have control. And yeah. then all of a sudden you start thinking that this circle and circuit. It's it like, spirals. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I feel you. Well, that's amazing. So you flash forward to today and it seems at least being connected with you professionally on social media and stuff that you're you're doing one of the most social careers I've ever seen <laughs> like as a real estate agent. Yeah. So how is that going with <laughs> how, actually let's ride back too because you, you we started the podcast with how you met Galen Trombley mm-hmm. at Kavanaugh. Uh so you had that I I want to start from there now. So you met him. Mm-hmm. You walked away from that meeting which you realize is oh was that an interview or (laughs) maybe it was maybe it wasn't and what were you thinking what happened um I so I don't know what the right term out what what the right word to use is I get very if someone's excited about something I think this is what makes me enjoy networking so much if someone is passionate about something I immediately am just like yeah that's awesome like I'll I'll go to a networking event yeah and someone will be talking about itemizing books I don't know something that is typically like okay whatever and they'll be talking about a passion in it and and I'll talk to him for 40 minutes like no way that's so cool and then I'll leave and someone one of my friends will be like I didn't know you were interested in that I'm like I didn't either <laughs> and I'm probably not but like they're so like it's just I get so pumped if someone's yes. pumped about something just nothing makes me happier and so I get very like excited about stuff if someone else is so I, I go to this meeting with Galen who's very excited about real estate and I leave him like I'm gonna be a real estate agent like that was awesome I can't wait um and then about six months later (laughs) I got my license wow yeah so that's a self-study type thing and you have to kind of do it with your other job and yeah and you get your license and then what like it was like go to work time Galen teach me how to do this so in I think the first podcast that I did with Galen after I got my license um, he asked me what my goal was for the year, and he set a goal for me for to sell six houses, and I was like, I'm going to sell 12. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> um, I sold five, and it would have been six, but one just – Didn't did quite. Absolute close. shit show. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to – five and a half. Um, yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, so I, I did not – meet my goals. And, and that's another thing that I do. That's kind of a bad habit. And this year I'm starting, um, I, one of my goals was to eliminate or work on eliminating this habit is I set ridiculous goals for myself. Cause I figure I'll never reach that, but I'm going to try really hard to reach it. So I'll probably do better than I would do otherwise. Mm. Um, but then I found that, um, my probably most toxic personality trait is when I get overwhelmed, I'm just like, just, completely stop do everything just Mm. stop functioning so if i get super overwhelmed i'll just 
put off work I'm supposed to do and watch The Office for the thousandth time. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like the worst, uh, something that'll take me 30 minutes to do. I'll be like, yeah. and I, the most garbage person thing about me is I won't open mail sometimes for months. And it's horrible. I, I'm never late on bills. I like have great credit. But well, 90% I will, of that mail is junk anyway. Yeah, probably. right? That's yeah. what I tell myself. Sometimes I'll find out things. Like I found my deed, which I got in June. I, I like <laughs> This is so horrible. I have a box of mail from when we, when we moved and I haven't yeah. opened any of it. And I'm sure there's important stuff in there. Um, and one of the, so I, I finally started going through, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to be an adult and I'm going to go through my mail. And <laughs> I found my deed, which I had the nerve to tell my lawyer that I didn't get knowing full well, I didn't open my mail. So oh I found my it. God. Um, and so yeah, real estate had, there, there have been a few times, um, admittedly where I will just, um, work with my other jobs. I'm actually technically a housing counseling manager now. Oh, um, it, it sounds more impressive than it is. It's a small organization. So I'm basically managing myself and like two other people. But um, that's a big deal in the <laughs> nonprofit world, though, because promotions don't even come for a lot of people in nonprofits. So yeah. that's pretty cool. And that's my, an investment they're making in you for sure. My, my boss has has really I, I love her. And honestly, she and I've told her this. She's the only reason I'm still there because I, I do love what I do. But I feel like I could be making a bigger impact elsewhere. Mm. Um, but but she has been there for 20 years. She's just one of the smartest, hardworking people I've ever met. She could easily be making more money because she has an accounting degree. Um, and, and she just really cares so much about people. And um, so she, her long-term goal is for me to be executive director. And I, oh, like, wow. I, I don't want that job. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I've seen what it does to you. I don't want to work 200-hour weeks. Um, but... Um, so I'll get I'll get stressed out with 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 that stuff um, on top of real estate, and it's not. I mean, I know people who work much longer hours than I do, but you know, I'll, I'll go there at um, I'll leave for work at seven thirty, and I'll get home at, at usually four thirty or five, and just feel like emotionally toast. Yeah, <laughs> just, just a, a lot of what we do. I mean, we deal with with people who are going through often the, the worst things in their lives. Oh, um, I like can only imagine. And and I found that it was affecting my um, outlook on life because I, I was like, I don't want to buy a house. Everyone goes through foreclosure. Someone I love is going to die or get cancer and I'm yeah. going to go into debt trying to save them because that's what I see all the time. Um, and then I, I had to look up foreclosure rates, which are actually really, really low. Yeah. Um, but I was just so you're surrounded distraught by it. seeing, you know, and, and I, I love everyone in this community and I love the people that I'm trying to help. And, um, which is part of the reason why long term, I, I think I need to be helping elsewhere. Cause I just, I, I'm a, I sponge it up too much and then yeah. I come home and I'm just like, meh, like yeah. life is terrible. Um, so I think that, that crippled me a little bit with real estate. Just sometimes I think I could have been doing more. Um, there would be networking events I wouldn't go to because I'd just be like, I, I just can't burn function. Out. Yeah. yeah. I think um, we've all been there. Yeah, absolutely. So you sold five and a half houses. <laughs> five and a half. <laughs> and uh, what would you do? So did you, you get super distraught or did you like look at that as like, Oh, I, I sold five and a half, so to speak. I or, I was disappointed a little bit in myself, Yeah, but, um, I, I think that's decent. I, I'm not, I don't feel like I was, I think I would have been more distraught if I felt like I was lazy, but I don't feel like I left stones unturned. Like I, I, I really believe that I gave entirely what I was capable of giving last year. Um, and I also think that this year I'm capable of giving more because now 
I'm not so uncertain about what I'm doing. I've, I've had enough deals where I feel more confident talking to people. I have more relationships with other realtors. So um, right now I'm on track for one deal a month. Nice. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to hit that, but we're just going to say this is this will be the year I get 12 deals. <laughs> so now I'm on record and I have Man, to do it. I've I've so this comes brings me back to um, my ETS days too. Actually, when I was um, over in Vermont doing yeah. it, so <clears throat> one of our sort of clients that we were trying to work with and help out was Hickok and Boardman Real Estate. Oh no way! Yeah, and they were trying to get more real estate agents, and this was my first exposure to the process of like becoming a successful real estate agent, not just like passing, you know, studying and passing a test and like, Oh, I got it. I'm good. Like, but like actually getting to where you feel like you could do this full time. Like it's your only income. And like, I was just like, Holy smokes. I had no idea. I had such a, that industry has a probably one of the highest barriers to entry to success. I would assume. It must. Yeah. Like, like, the ramp up time that they were talking about was expect at minimum six months before you even sell your first house. Yeah. Yeah. Is that your experience? Um, it wasn't, but that's because I had, uh, like Kavanaugh has a great team. They, they yeah. give you a lot of leads. Galen would even basically pass people down to me and be like, you know, I'm too busy here. You can have this client. Like, oh, give me the crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, the, the first deal actually that I had um, was with Carrie Baxter. And I don't know if you recognize the name. But I di- met her I, through 80KYP. I do know that name. What? Yeah, Carrie Baxter. Yeah. The, the face is, is missing me at the moment, but I'm going to have to she go back. She looks like a ball of sunshine, just the smiley, yeah. happy. Yeah, so she was my, yeah. my first deal was That's actually awesome. because of ADKYP. She, I met her at my first ADKYP event, too. No kidding. Yeah, so she was my, my first. So um, through all like, that anxiety, walking in and you want, you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. You meet her yeah. and she becomes a client. Yeah, and she was, she was, it was her first, both of our first ADKYP events. And so I saw that she looked nervous and I was like, I'm going to latch on to this nervous person and be slightly less nervous than them. Yep. <laughs> so I befriended her and that, yeah, so, um, it all full circle. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't remember. So, where so your first that. deal, uh, it went well, it didn't go well. It, it, went, it went, went well. Smooth? Um, so my first deal was with someone I met through ADKYP. Um, the whole transaction was very smooth. It was with Tom Tucker, um, who was just, was very sweet, kind of took me under his wing, kind of explained stuff to me a little bit. Um, (laughs) when I first, they said they were going to make a deal and I was very excited. And another thing that I've recently started trying to work with myself on. So I get, when I get nervous about something, I used to hold off until I have someone tell me exactly what to do. And so a couple years ago, I was like, no, I'm going to just do it. And hopefully I don't do it wrong. Um, I'd say 50% uh, success rate with that <laughs> so far. Um, but it's definitely helped me with my with my confidence because at least I feel confident that I'm going to do something. That's um, good. So um, I texted Galen to ask um, how should I start with the with the offer and, and that my clients had a few questions. And Galen took about 15 minutes to respond. So in that 15 minutes at 8.30 p.m., I called Tom Tucker um, to ask him if he had any other offers in the home. And he a little bit grumpily said no do you have any other questions <laughs> I was like nope that's it thank you <laughs> um, so then then after I submitted the offer he called me he's like is this your first deal and I was like yes <laughs> and, and he was very very kind and explained a few things to me about the contract that I had um tweaked incorrectly and um and then worked 
on my behalf with his sellers to to have them accept my my buyer's offer and, and i mean there were other factors involved um sure. the sellers sure. wanted to work with you know um carrie works for the teachers um so that was an impact on their decision and they wanted to help you know this agent with their first deal and yeah um so i i've had very good experiences with other agents um everyone's been really really helpful amy provost i had um just this january my first um hud home um it was a hud foreclosure and who boy those are uh just like working with the government <laughs> so just, yeah. just lots of different hoops to yeah. jump through and and amy was really great um you know it would be very easy for her to say well you're an experience like i could just take your buyer um but she walked me through everything she even said you know if you're confused with the contract i'll put it together for you um i can even submit the offer for you and it doesn't matter your name will still be on in the mls wow. like just um i i didn't need her to go that far for me um because once she like explained where i needed to go it was pretty like i was able to figure it out but just Everyone, especially the older agents, have really bent over backwards to introduce me into it. Um, and I, I'm very aware that else other locations, I might not be that lucky, I'm sure. In San yeah. Diego, where my aunt is, they probably tear each other to pieces. But here, it's not Oh, my gosh, like I can that. only imagine. Yeah. yeah. It, getting fed to the sharks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, the thought of it scares me a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, another another feather in our cap here in, in this region, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So uh, what has been the hardest part of real estate like if there's somebody out there listening that's like thinking about it like what would you say here's the hardest part but here's how i try and conquered it or or try to conquer it or this is how i have conquered it so far um kind of a loaded question it's a hard question i guess but it the biggest thing is i guess you're not going to do it full-time right away unless i mean maybe if if you're set up like, and I, I know this wasn't the case for Galen because Joey didn't throw him any bones, but I imagine if you have a parent who's like the broker, you might be able to jump right in full time and have a full time like income from it. Um, but in reality, you won't. So either you should be living at home with your parents or have a second job. And having a second job like I do, where from eight to four or five, Monday through Friday, I'm in Katyville. Um, that has I have lost clients over that because there are some people who are like, uh, especially I found um, older folks will be like, I want to see this home at 2 p.m. today. I can't. Um, would you want to push it back a few hours? I can do that. No, I want to see it at this time today. Okay, well then wow. here's another agent's number. You can you can ask them. Like I just um, and I, I, most people are very understanding and great with it. I mean I <laughs> I've had these buyers. And I I just um, just put a home under contract with them. Oh, I've been showing them home since October and it, it, the yeah. sweetest first time home buyer couple ever. Um, and they've been having, it's, it's a seller's market right now. Not a lot on the market. Um, and, and we have ha- bid wars just, basically. Yeah, right? we, like, we've lost out on a couple of homes that we've put bids on. Um, there've been a couple of like, homes one week. We wanted to see five different homes and they all went pending before we could see them. And, and part of that honestly, you know, is impacted by my ability to not show them something earlier. I mean, their work yeah. schedule had an impact on it too, but wow, that's an um, interesting point. It, it does, Never thought it of does that. affect, um, some, I, a lot of people have similar schedules to me, so it works out, but there are some clients where it's just my inflexible schedule has had an impact. And, um, my boss has actually started to really be great about it because I've had closings or walkthroughs where I can't get someone to cover me. Usually um, I'll have another agent cover me at Kavanaugh, which is another great thing about working for Kavanaugh. Um, Joey did a walkthrough for me the other day. Um, but my 
boss was like, you know, um, it is, I, I know that you, you, you know, work more hours than you need to here and, and you really invest a lot of time. And, and if you have to leave for a couple of hours during the day, if you don't tell anybody why you're leaving, you can, you can go and come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like, right. Um, she, she, she has been really, um, I mean, obviously there's only so much flexibility she can provide for an office job, but she has right. really tried to make it accommodating. That's amazing. Me, which is great. That's awesome. Yeah. What is, that's one of the hard things, but what would you say has been the most rewarding reason why you've like, cause I'd imagine there's multiple times where you're just like, I don't know if I can hang <laughs> on, man. I don't know if I can hang on to this thing. Like I'd imagine that's yeah. gone through your head. What's the most rewarding thing that keeps you just rocking and rolling and loving it. I guess there's two things and one is not really real estate related, but I really love, I love networking and I, I f- do think that realist because of real estate, I have gotten a lot more invested in the community because I started going to ADKYP more because it's like, why well, it's a good way to network. And, and now I do it cause I enjoy it and not just cause I'm trying to network and, and chamber events and stuff like that. So that's a positive that it has forced me to, to work harder, um, to, you know, get to know the community more which honestly you know I said this is the first play- time I felt like I I belong somewhere and and part of that is because this is an awesome community and but part of it is also because I'm actually putting in the effort to belong mm. and, and that's another thing that you know people can say well people treat me differently look at how you behave sometimes when you feel like you don't belong you are behaving in a way that that makes people walk away, you know, mm-hmm. look at how you behave towards other people. Um, so, I, you know, I'm putting in more effort than I ever have before. Um, and I also, I love working with first time home buyers cause it's like, Oh, like guess, guess who's getting their first home. I, I love when yes. like, we go under contract. I'm like, guess who's like <laughs> under contract for the first time. And that just, I, I love that. It's, it's such an exciting and you know, it's a huge experience. It's something that you're not going to forget. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Man, uh, my wife and I, Lauren and I, we use Kavanaugh. We we worked with Galen for our first home, and Jesus, man, he was like on it, rock like, star. Oh my yeah. god! And he, uh, it was just like you could tell that brought him a lot of joy to just like help somebody get their very first home. Yeah. But um, I- I've shared this story before on the podcast. But he literally went down to Florida for vacation the week we realized, like, damn, we need to put in an offer. Oh, so no. we were like, uh, Galen, can we put in an offer? I may be recounting this story a little different than how it actually <laughs> happened, but cause I've inflated how amazing it was in my, in my head. Yeah. But he literally stopped what he was doing. It was late at night. He could have been hanging out with his family being like, sorry, man, like I'm on vacation. I have family time. Or, yeah. you know? And he does that too. He balances it, but he, he, does, j- yeah. he, he literally stopped what he was doing and like called us up talked about what we wanted to do, hung up the phone, put in the offer, called us back up. And then like, literally we had to do like, because it was before like the, the technology was where you could electronically sign things. Oh, really? So we had to, <laughs> he had to get on the phone with like email. We had to print, sign, send it back. Something was wrong. He sent oh it back, my God. print, sign, send it back. Like it went like three times. And he was on vacation. Yeah. That's and we incredible. put it in. And then apparently within like a few days, it, with it, there was other interest in the house. Yeah. And I think somebody had even put in an offer. But like because he. He was like, on the ball. He was on the ball. Yeah. And he dropped everything he was doing. And we did print, sign, send, print, sign, send, wow. print, sign, send. Like back and forth. <laughs> 
we got our house. That's awesome. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, that yeah. is. I and that's it. all him. Yeah. I would I, I couldn't believe it. So I could definitely see where that would be rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. Well, keep doing what you're doing because I think it's working. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, <laughs> as an outsider looking in, like it seems to me like you're you're building your brand, you're finding confidence in what you do, and it's like that's the key, right? Yeah. That's the key. Just keep let it percolate. Absolutely. Over and over, and patience. I'm sure is a is a virtue. Uh, I think, business. yeah, and, and no matter what you're doing, patience is with yourself, with other people, just yep. absolutely, yeah. Well, I'd like to go into the rapid fire section of the Stories of Gumption podcast. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. All right, here we go. Number one, what is your favorite movie and why? I, I hem and haw over this. So <laughs> I, I have a top five list and... On that list is episode five and episode three of Star Wars and Fight Club. Um, but because we're doing stories of gumption, I'm going to go with Alien, um, the, the first one. Um, and that is one of my favorite movies because, um, first of all, I think it was, was revolutionary for its time. Yeah. Although I know it had some like not great critical reception, but I, I really thought um, for a multitude of reasons, one of which being that it, there was a strong female lead. And usually yes. in thrillers back in that day, they were just like, ah! <laughs> and then no, we had Ellen Ripley with you know the machine gun, just yes. like um, so. I, I I love that Sojourney Weaver is amazing. Ellen Ripley was an awesome character. Um, so I, I I just I really like that movie. That's an excellent yep. movie. Uh, on a side note, you mentioned two Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. You a big Star Wars fan? Oh, I I have I have like four Star Wars tattoos. <sighs> Why well, we should have talked about this early in the podcast? I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Lauren. Not so much. Oh, no. So <laughs> next time we get together, we'll talk more Star Wars. Absolutely. Because uh, I haven't seen the last one yet. Have you seen the last one yet? I, ha- I have. The one um, that just came out? Yeah. It w- like, like, just came out like a, f- like a few months ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. Interesting. Yeah. I've heard mixed reviews. I'm it was, curious. I, so Cause I'll it's supposed go on to be a little like side tangent. <laughs> the, the conclusion yeah. of the whole thing, I, right? I liked it. Um, I, I have a bone to pick with most Star Wars nerds. I love Star Wars. I grew up with it. Luke Skywalker was my first crush. Like I, yes. I am a Star Wars person yes. to the core. Um, I think Star Wars nerds are a little bit obnoxious in the perfectionism of it. Just like I, mm. so the newer movies, I get like I have, I have complaints about them. I don't love who they cast for Kylo Ren. He doesn't look like a Skywalker. But yep. um, I think that we should be happy that something that not like not that long ago was like kind of like a, oh like that's a pretty nerdy thing and like it's mainstream now that's awesome yeah. you can go to target and buy a star wars shirt like that's yes. awesome yes. i'm happy they're still producing stuff sure i have complaints about the mandalorian but i'm gonna take what i can get and <laughs> i I, ever, I i couldn't finish that i watched a few episodes and i was like blah yeah <laughs> baby yoda is awesome though baby yoda even is though it's adorable. not yoda it's no. baby it, it's everybody yoda calls species. it yes yeah yeah See what we just did? We t- it's supposed to be rapid fire. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I went on it. So anyhow, we'll talk more about that. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, another t- tangent on Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> I just watched a documentary about the making of Star Wars. I think it's on Netflix maybe or uh, anyhow. Is it the I Am Your Father one? Uh, I, I don't remember which one it is, but uh, it, it, I learned that uh, George Lucas to create I think somewhere along the line when he's creating the first or the second one that he made, uh, 
episode four or mm-hmm. five, he um, he signed his contract with significantly less compensation on purpose to help get the funding to go through to make the movie work. But he got like almost a hundred percent rights on all merchandise. So That's like smart motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So so like think about that. Like George Lucas, you mentioned T shirts. Yeah. Legos, video games, uh Whoa. toys, like Anything Star Wars that's like merchandise C, he got all of it. Wow. <laughs> so another little, a little <laughs> side note for my bachelorette party, Meg got a Luke stand-up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was Star Wars themed. <laughs> this yep. is excellent. This is excellent. <laughs> this is excellent. Okay. Rapid fire question number two. What is a piece of advice that you would go back and give to your high school or previous younger age self uh, if you could, now knowing what you know. <laughs> do do the things you're interested in. It doesn't matter if you look stupid. Get the political science or the arts degree. Just like do stuff you enjoy. You're going to suck at it at first. It's fine. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, if you could put up a billboard anywhere in the world, it doesn't matter so much where, but what would you put on that billboard? Um, I've actually touched on this a little bit earlier, but I would just put um, something along the lines of I'm just a person. Um, not specifically about me, but I, I really think that, that people have a hard time remembering. Like they're so inside their own heads, they forget that that someone else is a person and they treat them poorly or or they put them on a pedestal. Um, either mm. way, they, they just have expectations that are unfair. Like, it, like you're, they're just a person. Uh, you, uh, people make mistakes. People say stupid things. People change their opinions. And, and I mm. mean, obviously, people should be held accountable for their behaviors. But at the same time, you know, they're just people. We're all people. We're all trying to figure stuff out. Like, just a person. I love that. That's excellent. Number four. If you can only have one more meal, that's it. You got one more. That's all it is. It's kind of morbid, but <laughs> what would it be? Pizza. Pizza. I can't have gluten or dairy, but if I'm going to die, I'm going to die right. <laughs> nice. Would it be a particular kind of pizza? Super cheesy. Oh. Deep dish. Nice. Nice. Number f- <laughs> Number five. If you could spend a day with a historical figure, who would you want to spend a day with and why? Um, language barrier, ignoring a language barrier. Um, sure. It would be Cleopatra because um, historically I read that um, scientists or historians, whatever, the people who were experts in that stuff, think yeah. that she actually wasn't that attractive, but she was so eloquent and charming and intelligent that people found her attractive. And I think that is just the most phenomenal thing to find out. Like everyone's like, Oh, Cleopatra's beauty. Now she wasn't beautiful. She was just like incredible. And and that was, I I would love to watch her just charm her way through everything that she did. That's awesome. That's a good answer. Nobody's answered that before. (laughs) That's a good one. Uh, last one is my favorite question. If we could put together a three person board of directors, to guide and mentor you through the rest of your life. They can be alive, deceased, famous, or not. But you have to pick three people to be on your personal board of directors to guide and mentor you. Who would each of the three be and why? 
first person would be Cleopatra for the aforesaid <laughs> reasons. Yes. Um, second person, oh, I don't know if I'm going to say the name right, would be Malala. Malala. Do you know who I'm talking about? I think so. I don't know how to pronounce her last name, and I'm not even going to try it. She's the girl who, um, she's a huge advocate for women's rights. She was shot in the head by the Taliban, and she's just so loving and forgiving, and she's like, I don't have any hatred for them. She just, she understands that they're just people thing, that everyone's coming from a different background. Damn, that's a good choice. And she's so persistent, and I think she's just a perfect example of gumption, too. I mean, she was shot in the head, and she's still, like, she, she lived through it and she forgave them and doesn't have hatred she just wants to like educate people and i have so she's younger than i am oh my gosh i have so much respect for her and i would love to hear her voice in my head you know when you get a little irritated or 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 ragey at someone and just hear it you know i I just wish that i could let them see from my standpoint and just an incredible answer she's awesome and my mom um, we disagree on many things, but she ultimately is, is always a huge advocate for me. She always, my mom's the only person I know, um, in, in her age group who says your twenties are the most difficult time in your life. And it's, it's normal and okay for you to feel stressed out and not know what you're doing. And, and wow. no, I don't, you don't hear that enough when you're in your twenties. You're like, Most oh, people say your twenties are your best. Yeah, yeah. It's the best time of your life. My mom's like, no, true. it's stressful. You don't know what you're doing. You're just becoming an adult. It's okay to, to be stressed out. That's normal. And I, I just love her so much for telling me that because I don't think we hear it enough when you're in your twenties and you're like, ah, mortgage and insurance and, and bills. And I should be having kids already. And just like, it's nice to hear. Yeah. And I think I heard a statistic recently that like most people in their twenties, uh, this generation are often, um, switching jobs two or three times before yeah. they, so before they figure it out and get settled somewhere. So yeah. that obviously adds a complication too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, Actually, proud to say that on St. Patrick's Day this year, coming up a couple days. Actually, by the time this comes out, it might already be St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, probably uh, will have already passed. I am leaving my twenties, officially becoming thirty. Oh yeah, your birthday's on Tuesday, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. I, I think I I saw that a while ago. And I was gonna say yeah. something about it earlier, but I forgot. That's yeah. awesome. St. Patrick's Day. Congrats. I got so much green stuff from all the years of my parents and friends buying me all this green stuff from me. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you got to go all out St. Patty's Day. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I think that's true. The 20s were, uh, 20s test you. Yeah. For sure. And I feel like I'm figuring it out now. Yeah. I, absolutely. I like it. Well, Ellie, this has been awesome. And uh, we'll probably have to chat for like six more hours about star wars and and social anxiety (laughs) because i like talking about that um but this has been a pleasure any last words you'd like to say to our listeners no usually galen and i end with an office quote Ooh, do you have an office quote do you usually prepare it ahead of time i don't prepare it ahead of time um do you do you watch the office oh yes one of my favorite shows I, i got one okay i'm not i'm not superstitious i'm just a little stitious (laughs) 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 all right um so creed is one of my favorite characters okay you live by the quarry i live by the quarry we should hang out and throw things down there (laughs) (laughs) i love it (laughs) ladies and gentlemen the remarkable ellie conger thanks for coming on the podcast thanks for having me awesome Mm.